0: This morning, I'm on a a subject that, uh, as you can see from the screen, would not be something that would be probably on your top list of things that you'd like to hear brought out from the Scriptures or preached on, and that is blood on our hands. And yet, the Bible tells us that uh, there is specific things that the Lord addresses about blood on our hands and the awesome responsibility that we have to share with people about Christ, to share people about inviting them to church, telling them about the consequences of sin, sharing the gospel with them, and that if we don't take those actions, then there's blood on our hands. The, uh, from statistics that we shared early on about this uh, focus about the big invite to invite people to start their new beginning on Easter Sunday, and the statistics that our convention found was that only two, <coughs> only two out of every hundred people in church actually invite people to come to church and that's pretty sad of that low a number of only two percent. And our goal is as our church is for us to break that barrier and be way beyond two percent that are inviting folks to church and telling people about Christ. And so we have an awesome responsibility. And sometimes we don't realize that responsibility and sometimes we are not giving the warnings out like that we should. Matter of fact if you have your bulletin on the front of that is a lighthouse That reminds us that we're to be a lighthouse in the darkness of the world to shine the light of Jesus Christ out so that others can come to know Christ as their personal Savior. How many of you are here today that are glad somebody told you about Jesus and your need of salvation? Would you raise your hand? all of us who know Christ. We're glad somebody shared that with us, whether it was a personal witness, whether it was a teacher in a class, whether it was a preacher from a message. We are all glad that someone told us about Christ. And probably, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hand, but probably many of us would be in the percentage that before we accepted Christ, Really didn't want to talk about it or have any conversation with anybody. But we're thankful that someone carried the concern and the responsibility enough to share Christ with us. We're to be a lighthouse so that others don't hit the rocks of life and end in destruction. We're to be, you know, as I was thinking about the warnings, I thought about the Titanic. It was a ship that uh, went out, uh, only had five days it was in service. It was uh, set out to launch on April the 10th of 1912. It sunk on April the 15th. And so it only had five days that it was considered in service. And they made a big hit movie about a romance related to the Titanic. Many of you may have seen that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Kate uh, Winslet that was on that. And matter of fact, it has been one of the biggest box office hits with grossing over $2.1 billion, not million, but billion dollars at the box office. Everybody wanted to see that movie about the Titanic because we all know that in 1912, it was supposed to be a ship that would hold, it had, I think it was 2,200 people on it, but it actually could hold even more than that with the crew and with those who were on the ship. And yet, when that ship went out, supposed to be the lar- one of the largest ships of the time, and it was supposed to be unsinkable, but yet on its first maiden voyage, it hits an iceberg and sinks, plunging into the depths of the Atlantic, never to be seen again until 1980s when it was finally spotted at the bottom of the ocean. And with that sinking of the Titanic were many lives that died i think that there were um, around 1500 people that lost their lives on the titanic and you can look at that and think okay that ship was supposed to be unsinkable and we have even at that time there were all kinds of warnings that could be given out to protect them and yet how did that ship sink well it was supposed to be able to have very various segments of the ship and it was supposed to withstand even those segments, up to four segments being damaged before it could sink, and it got five of them hit. So it exceeded the limit of what they thought was possible. The one who was the captain of the ship was the senior person in the White Star Line's cruise lines. And about, I think it was about seven years prior to the Titanic sinking, He said, you know, we don't have to worry about icebergs or any of those things because the building of ships has exceeded that. A little bit arrogant sounding, wasn't it? Matter of fact, there are records that show that he received up to seven warnings of icebergs that were in the area. And he said, full steam ahead and put a watchman out. But yet the watchman couldn't see it fast enough. It was too little, too late and 1,500 lives were lost in the Titanic because someone didn't heed the warnings. Ezekiel tells us in Ezekiel chapter 3 about our responsibility to give out the warning before it's too late and before it's too little. Reading this out of the New King James, it says this, Now it came to pass, in Ezekiel three sixteen. Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me, this is Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because you did not give him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning. Also, you will have delivered your soul. The scriptures are very blunt there and we have to ask ourselves the question before reading that, do we as Christians have a responsibility to share with others about God, about Christ, about heaven, hell, and sin and death? Does it really matter or does it make any difference whether we do it or not? I think there's some real truths that we need to understand from these scriptures. And one is that God is very specific about us warning people about the dangers of sin and death. God is very specific about it. And God is so specific that he tells us to warn others about the results of sin, He's very clear in these scriptures that if we see people who are, do not know Christ, they are sinners, and they are living in sin, God is specific that we are to warn them about their sins. It's not about just, man, they need to make some changes and hope that they will make some changes, and it's good to begin by praying for someone who maybe you work with or go to school with or maybe is a neighbor or somebody that's in your family. It's good to begin praying for them, but there has to be a point somebody has got to take some action. Amen? And we can live the life of saying, you know, well, I prefer to just live a good life before people, but the Bible is very clear. How shall they know unless someone tells them. How shall they know unless they hear? And so as we look through the Scriptures, the Bible is very specific and God is very specific that He wants us to be warning people about the dangers of sin and death and not let people plunge into death in the cold waters of life. You know, as I was telling about the Titanic, it was interesting as I was reading up about that, something that, it didn't really affect the sinking of the Titanic, but I thought it was interesting that the Titanic was operated by coal, and coal was sometimes in heaps will self-ignite. And the people who all loaded up on the Titanic, I looked at some of the people, there were millionaires, there were successful business people, successful journalists, successful actors and actresses, people of all different walks of life who were very successful. And then there were people who were just trying to get, it had made a couple of stops from uh, Southampton on its way to New York, it already made a couple of stops, and there were some people they had picked up that were traveling on that ship that were just wanting to get away and get a change of life life had been rough and tough and so people on there were millionaires to people who were just gotta find something different and some better opportunity in life a great variety of people and while they were loading up on that titanic and people were excited even the architect who designed the titanic was on it and he died when it went sunk to the bottom of the ocean people of all different people were there and when their excitement and celebration, what a lot of people didn't know as I read was that there actually was a fire going on inside of the Titanic. And they were working very diligently to put out that coal fire. Now, as I said in that day, I found out that that was not uncommon, so they didn't decide to tell any of the people who were going to be cruising on the Titanic. Part of that reason would be they wouldn't want anybody to change their mind. And money was more important than lives in many people's minds. But there was a fire burning inside that could very easily have taken the Titanic from that. And yet no warning went out. And there's a fire called hell that the Bible tells us that it never goes out. And those who go to hell, their thirst is never quenched. And while we're enjoying life right now, let me tell you, I told you all oh, you look good this morning. You got some good looks on your faces. You dress good, smell good. I even told a man this morning he smelled good. I don't tell men that very often. Don't want any wrong impressions. We look good, we smell good, but there is a fire burning in the belly of hell that is waiting for people's souls to be there. And we've got to give the warning. God is very specific about warning people and God is specific about us telling sinners about the results of sin, that there is a hell that those who reject Christ or do not accept Him as their personal Savior, that is their eternal destiny. The Bible, even as we read through the Scripture, you notice that it not only mentioned those who are wicked, but it addressed those who are righteous. We would call Christians. And God is specific for us to tell and warn Christians about the dangers of sin. We talked about in our life in the Word class this morning about separation and fears and how that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. And then we talked about that. We said, all right, is it talking about nothing can separate Christ from loving us? Or is it saying that nothing can separate us from loving Christ? Or is it both ways? And we came to the conclusion as we made a list of what all could separate us to where God or Christ didn't love us anymore, it was a blank list. We all agree that there is nothing that would cause God not to love us. Now, He might not love our actions, and He might not love the way that we're living our life, but He still loves us. When God created man, He said, this is very good. And there's nothing that will cause God not to be for us or separate us from his love. And then we began to make a list of what could possibly separate us from loving God. And we came up with some things because there are things that tempt us. And we talked about how that there's not within Christianity, there's not usually where people are on fire for God and they love the Lord and they're serving him and then just boom, they're gone. It's like the song that Casting Crowns sings. It's a slow fade, slowly fading away. And the Bible tells us that as Christians, we have a responsibility. God is very specific about that, to warn those who are Christians about the dangers of fading into sin and drifting away from God. And as I look to these scriptures No matter whether we're talking about those who do not know Christ or those who know Christ and yet they've been on a slow fade away from the Lord, God holds us responsible to warn them. He is very specific about that. But I said this message is about blood on our hands and we go from God being very specific to God being very serious about the consequences if we don't warn people about sin and death. You see, God... We sometimes God is specific, but we don't catch the fact, or maybe it's not bundled up into the Scriptures that we may be reading, but here there's no doubt about it. God is given the specifics, but also the seriousness. If we don't tell others about Christ, if we don't invite them to come and hear the message, if we don't do something to impact our life, because the Bible tells us blood will be upon our hands. God is serious. He's serious about us bearing witness to other Christians who are living in sin. We can't just see others who are living in sin and say, man, I hope something changes or they make some changes in their life. You can't just allow people who are part of our family to slowly fade away. As I was talking in our Life in the Word class, I don't want anybody to be offended of where you're sitting at in the congregation, okay? Everywhere in here is a good place to sit. But when I see somebody who is sitting up close to me when I'm preaching, and then I begin to see them drift towards the middle and then to the back and then to the balcony. Over the years of almost 25 years of pastoring, I have seen that over 75% of the time when I see that occurring, they are in the process of a slow fade in their life. And some type of sin has entered into their life that has caused them to become cold and calloused upon God. And it's not only the responsibility of the preacher and the pastor, but it's those of us who make up the family of God to warn them, to let them know that we love them, we care about them, and try to draw them back in. And God is very serious about us doing that. It's not a suggestion, but it's a warning that we as Christians, it's such a strong warning as Christians that we need to be warning them about that that God even goes to the specifics of telling us how serious it is that we will have blood on our hands. Whether it's a Christian that is slowly fading or whether it's someone who doesn't know Christ and they're obviously living in wickedness, God is serious that we will have blood on our hands. And he says, it's everyone's choice. We understand that, don't we? If a Christian chooses to live in sin, it's their choice. The Bible is very specific about that. There are serious consequences, but the Bible is very specific about it. If a person chooses to reject Christ, it's their choice. It's their choice. But the Bible tells us if we watch and let it go by, if we wait too late or too long to give a warning, then the blood is on our hands. The captain of the Titanic, his name was Edward J. Smith. He had made the statement, Our ships are way beyond having to heed warnings about icebergs, full steam ahead. Would we say that there's blood on His hands because He didn't heed the warning? There were those in various aspects of life that could have given a warning to someone. And the Bible tells us that there is blood on our hands. I don't want you to raise your hand, but have you ever had someone's blood on your hands? I thought about uh, when my daughter, Christy, it always is vivid in my mind because it was the first time I'd actually had much blood of someone who was close to me on my hands. And you know, people are affected by blood in different ways. We know blood is life, so it affects us. I've had various people in my family that the sight of their own blood, now they could see somebody else bleed, it don't affect them, but the sight of their own blood, boom, they pass out. It gets them. Because we know that life is in the blood but I remember when Christy was very little we were visiting some friends of ours house from church and and there were several of us that were there and we were about to leave and we had stopped at the door talking son the door was open and our daughter Christy and another one of the little girls ran out and just in a few moments I heard them screaming and I turned around and here's Christy coming up on the porch and it looks like somebody's poured a pint of blood over her head it's just running down and so I immediately have got her, I take her to the bathroom. I'm trying to find out what has happened. Blood is getting all over my hands. I'm digging through her blood. I hear the other little girl say, Mommy, Mommy, my tooth is broke. About that time I feel something, and I say, Oh, here's your tooth. It's in Christie's head. They had jumped up and down on the trampoline, and they had collided, and her tooth went into the top of Christie's head, hit a vessel there, and it just poured blood. And I remember having her blood on my hands. Just took a couple of stitches, everything was fine. One of the men that was there later on said, Whew, I don't know how you stood that, that would have tore me up. And it did, blood on my hands physically. But she was fine, wasn't she? She's doing good today, nothing serious wrong. Some of you might say that there's some things that affect her body. She's still functioning fine. But I also remember that was physical blood, but I remember spiritual blood that tore me up, and it still tears me up today. That is spiritual blood on my hands because I remember getting a call that my grandfather had had a heart attack and died. And the very first thing that crossed my mind was the question, did I ever ask him if he knew Christ? as his personal Savior. And immediately, his blood was on my hands because I didn't know. I didn't know if I'd ever asked him. And probably if I didn't know, I never did. And at the funeral, someone said that at some point, maybe he did, and maybe in that moment before he died, he died As he came in from working and he was changing clothes and cleaning up in the restroom and he had a heart attack and died. But you know, those are a lot of what ifs, aren't they? It doesn't make me feel any better about the fact that I didn't ask my own grandpa if he knew Christ as his personal Savior. There's a lot of what ifs, but it doesn't take the feeling of blood on my hands. And There's nothing that can take that away. When Pilate had Jesus crucified... He washed his hands. But when you know that a soul may have gone to hell, you can't wash your hands enough to get the feeling of blood on your hands. Lord, I come to you this morning. Lord, I've had physical blood of family on my hands. And that was a bad experience. But they lived beyond that. It wasn't something really major. It just looked major. But I've had the spiritual blood of a family member on my hands. That there's still the uncertainty of whether when I'm in heaven, whether I'll see my grandfather's face or not. And the scriptures are clear he had his own responsibility. But the scriptures are very clear too that blood will be upon my hands. And Lord, that has been a continual propellant for my life. That I want to tell others about Christ. And sometimes it might just be an invitation to come to a service. Sometimes I have to just ask them. Have you ever accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Because I don't want blood, any more blood on my hands. And Lord, we can look at these scriptures and say, well, it's just an analogy. But Lord, I see that you were very specific and very serious. And Lord, I pray, God, that each one of us would take a close look at our own personal lives today. And ask ourselves, am I being specific about at least inviting people to church so that they can hear the gospel? Am I really serious about making an effort? Or am I kind of living like Captain Edward Smith, waiting too late and too long and the ship's going down? Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help us not to wait too late and too long. May we make a choice today to start making an impact, even if it's just giving somebody a card or just giving them a personal invitation or sharing a post. May we begin to take heed to the warning, God, that you're very serious about us doing our part. And Lord, I pray, God, that our lives will be touched in a way that will transform people's lives. Every one of us are said, we're glad someone told us about Christ. And if you'd asked me when I was a teenager, hey, do you want somebody to tell you about Jesus? No, I'm not really interested in back talking about this salvation stuff. Even approached a few times, I tried to strudge away from it. But Lord, I am so thankful I got it nailed down. God, I'm sure everybody in here that knows you is. But God, may we leave here today with a choice. I'm not going to have any blood on my hands. I'm taking the warning. I'm accepting the responsibility. And I'm going to make a difference in, in every life I can. To God be the glory. Amen.